Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. to First Strike, First Look here on a Tuesday as we get ready for UFC 278 coming up on Saturday night. We got the rematch between Kamaru Usman against Leon Rocky Edwards the second time these guys are going to strap it up. But this time, the strap is on the line for the welterweight championship of the world here to help me break it all down here for this big UFC 278 card is the one and only Lou Finnecaro. You can follow him on Twitter as I do at Gamblu. And of course, he is the host of The Bout business podcast lou we get excited about all the fight cards pretty much because there's always money to be made and some good opportunities out there now we get that pay-per-view and you get the rematch here i guess you can understand why uh, kamar usman is the big favorite do you think this number goes up or down in the coming days well first dave thanks for having me on this is a great show and i it, this is really uh, an awesome opportunity early in the week to take a look and get some perspective on the card. Uh, the fight opened and it's already gone up a little bit. Uh, you could get uh, Rocky Edwards at 280 or so when it opened. Now he's, if you look in Vegas, he's 315, 320 at the Westgate. So uh, he he's going up. I think it continues to go up and and when you look at the fight and you break it down, you can understand the Usman love. In fact, if one more finish and Usman ties Anderson Silva for the longest string of undefeated streak in the UFC history. So he's among elite company and that's garnering a lot of tax in the line. I believe it's also garnering a lot of attention. He'll be in every parlay from here to Poughkeepsie. <laughs> no question about it. You mentioned Kamaru Usman right now. You know, he's on, if he's not number one, you know, go ahead and pick your poison. If you don't think he's the best pound for pound champion right now that the UFC has to offer at 170 pounds. And this is a guy, I don't think anybody forecasted that he would have this type of reign in this division, but here it is. And now he goes up against Leon Edwards and it's hard to outwork Kamaru Usman. But I look at the total here on a Tuesday, it's minus $1.55 juiced heavily to the over four and a half rounds. Do you think this one potentially hits the judges scorecards? Um, I, I, I think, I think it's likely, uh, but that said, uh, there's clearly a path to victory for each man. And uh, I, I think that if it's Usman, I do see it more as decision, to be quite honest. 
And if it's Edwards, I think it could be inside. I look at the fight much differently than most who are laying down and giving it to Usman. Let's not forget when these two fought was seven years ago. Edwards was 23 skinny, and he didn't know how to spell the word wrestling. And Usman was 30 years old and a man in his prime, even though he had less UFC fights than Edwards at the time. He had been uh, training with U.S. Olympians and such. So he came a full-grown man in that first fight. And if you watch the first fight throughout it, especially in the third round, when Usman's wrestling was dominating Edwards, you could see the look in Edwards' face that he knew that he was in with a mixed martial artist and he had no wrestling and he was going to have to learn. And what did each man do since? Well, no one's touched Usman. No one's beaten Edwards either. Edwards has earned this shot. And I believe he's going to be by far the toughest test for Usman since he won the title. Why? Well, first of all, he towers over Usman. In each of Usman's fights since he beat Woodley, he's been the bigger man. Even against uh, Covington, he was uh, Covington's 5'11", Usman's six foot, bigger, stronger, more structured guy. And then two blown up lightweights in Masvidal and uh, Burns. Leon Rocky Edwards has earned his way here fighting a bunch of killers. He's going to be the bigger man. He's not going to be 23 and skinny, and he's going to know how to at least do enough wrestling to keep this fight standing. And I think that recipe together uh, puts Usman at more risk than the market's believing. That's a great point, Lou. And again, very quickly to that end, and I'm not making the comparison to Ronda Rousey as a striker, but when Ronda started in her heyday, in her long reign as champion, she started to use her hands more, and I felt like she fell in love with her hands and didn't get back to her judo, which was her bread and butter when she was champion, of course, losing the belt, and then subsequently being out of the UFC with two straight losses. Is there danger for Usman after the Masvidal knockout? It's been played so often. It was such a shock to the system to see Usman do that to somebody in Jorge Masvidal who had never been knocked out like that by Kamaru Usman. Is there danger now that he forgets about the wrestling here? And if it does become a stand-up contest, oh, my goodness, then you would think Rocky Edwards would have a realistic shot at pulling off the upset. Yeah, there's no danger of that, none. Uh, he, he's coached too well up there. They're too smart. This, this isn't going to be a miscalculation that Rocky Edwards wins in this fight if he does, in fact, win. It's going to be the fact that Usman's 35. He's been uh, emotionally tested through the last five or six defenses, and those defenses were against guys that aren't going to pose the problem. A bigger man, four years younger. Let's not forget, in fights where the fighter is best, better than four years younger than the opponent, that younger fighter wins 63% of the time. As well, there's a slight advantage to left-handers. Oh, by the way, Edwards is a left-hander. There, there's a lot leaning to Edwards for me in this fight. And I think that the thing to do right now early on a Tuesday is to just watch that percolate up and try and be patient.
And that is exactly the exercise here. First strike, first look on a Tuesday, trying to judge where we think those numbers will go. So uh, if you're listening to Lou and you should be here, if you're on the side of Rocky Edwards, just wait, because we know that number is going to get inflated as we get closer and closer to fight night. Uh, let's get to, to some of the uh, fights here. The co-main here, you got Paulo Costa, a guy who challenged for the middleweight crown against the former middleweight champion of the world here and Luke Rockhold, his return. And right now, Luke, a solid dog here. Uh, you can get over $2.50 if you you want to go with Rockhold, you got to lay over three dollars here if you like Costa. What do you make of this matchup here in the middleweight division? This this is the battle for the unknown belt because each guy brings so much unknown into this fight with them that uh, it's really hard to diagnose this early in the week. But when I think of Rockhold, I think just like uh, I thought Misha Tate. Listen, a couple years ago, you retired and you retired for a reason. Don't come back and realize why you retired in the first place. <laughs> well, Misha didn't listen and Luke ain't listening either because he wants to come back. He's fresh. He looks at his you know, eight pack in the mirror every morning and, and thinks he still has it. And really what he doesn't have is, and we'll see, his basic flaw in, in his fight game is that he's so cocky and used to his length that that lead arm goes way down too low, which exposes a chin. And in his case, that chin's made of balsa wood. You, you, if you hit it, he goes. Look at the knockouts that he's incurred from Blockowitz and Romero. Oh, by the way, that's why he retired. So uh, that's his unknown is how long is he going to be able to keep Costa at a range and keep a distance? And can he pick and peck his way to a decision or take it into the third round and hit Costa with a shin right to the chin and, and finish it? That's his hope. On the other side, Costa, the unknown there is this guy's a complete wild card. You know, for lack of a better term, uh, he shows up for a middleweight fight in his last fight against Vittorio a, a day or two before let's fight at 205. So he's getting away with some crazy stuff. And what kind of guy am I going to get? Am I going to get a guy that really wants to come and fight Luke Rockhold and is, is focused and fit and ready? Or, or am I going to get a clown that's going to drink a bottle of wine like he did the night before the Adesanya fight. So uh, this fight takes a lot more watching the interviews and such through the week to see what kind of Costa we get. But at the end of the day, it'll be in the fighter weigh-ins. If Costa's on the scale in the first 10 minutes and weighs in and makes weight and walks off, I'll be running to bet him. Uh, it's a, the greatest point, though, about Israel Adesanya, that championship fight. A championship fight. I've never heard a fighter his excuse after losing said championship fight was he blamed it on red wine. I, I've never heard anything quite like that. If you get properly motivated, Costa, it could be a, a, a better fight here. One and a half rounds is the total, by the way. And I think to a lot of your points there, Lou, we don't know what to expect from Luke Rockhold, how much he really is going to be in this fight mentally. And if, if his chin can hold up and the same thing for Paolo here, because sometimes he takes mental breaks inside that octagon, uh, maybe even for preparation for these fights. Would you lean to the under there at one and a half round that it could be a quicker night than uh, than maybe what people might think? Well, that number opened higher than it is now. So the market thus far, those early betters that are not casual betters tend to think exactly that. And for me, what I've seen so far is that Costa's motivated and ready to go and he's going to bring his prime. Now, if we get to Saturday and that's the case, then I definitely think that this has great under chances. Uh, as, as great a guy as Rockhold is, 
I just don't see him being able to manage the fight long enough to be able to take Costa down and get on top and do what he does with, you know, a ground and pound. That That's his game. Uh, and so I just don't think he can manage space long enough to keep this maniac off him if, in fact, he comes focused to fight. Yeah, it's going to be a very intriguing. Yeah, I think you you, you kind of titled that perfectly. Kind of the fight of the unknowns. We just don't know what to expect from these two guys uh, at this stage of their careers. Speaking of stages of their their careers, the King of Rio is back in there. Jose Aldo against Marab Dillashvili here, and I, you know I don't know how many reverse you can have in the UFC, but when you're talking about arguably one of the greatest featherweights, if not the greatest featherweight of all time, and now you go down to 135 pounds, and look, he's had mixed results. But he's been there. I mean, Jose Aldo is there in every single fight. Short dog here, plus price here for the King of Rio, plus a dollar five. It feels like styles make fights. If it stays standing, do you favor the legend? And if it goes down to the ground, do you like Marab in this contest? Yeah, I, I actually think you nailed it there, Dave. In my opinion, it's it, the question of this fight is, can Marab get Aldo down? Now, Aldo's had success against takedown artists in the past, that's not what bothers him. What bother, bothers him is long, lanky, Holloway kind of guys that apply pressure and back him up and hit him and strike him. Uh, the wrestlers he's been able to manage. So I tend to think that, uh, and this line has flipped. Aldo opened minus 115. Now he's almost plus 115, maybe, or, or whatever the price is showing there. I think as we get later into the week, Dabalashvili, excuse that mispronunciation, is probably going to get more attention. Uh, and I have to take a long, hard look at Aldo in a three-round fight, mind you, so he doesn't have as much time to gas. Uh, rather, Dabalashvili's pressure is going to have to make him gas. To me, if you remember back in UFC, maybe 200, uh, I was watching it with humans and all the boys in Las Vegas, was uh, Aldo against Edgar. I uh -huh. believe that's what we're going to see. I think we're going to see a dynamic management of distance and legwork by Aldo and pick and peck Dabalashvili from uh, distance and make him pay. And so uh, I lean to Aldo at this point, but there's more to, you know, determine what goes on throughout the course of the week. But I don't think this is going to be an easy fight for Dvalishvili, and it's a big step up for him. It really is. And again, you know how this goes, certainly with crowds. They're going to be behind the King of Rio. So if he can keep the fight standing, keep it at distance, use those hands, use those leg kicks, and it goes to the cards, you think it would be a big advantage at that point, possibly, for Jose Aldo, if it does not go down to the mat where Marab Dilashvili does his best work. A couple other fights here in the main card, and you look at them, you got some big favorites here. Alexander Romanoff here against uh, Marcin Tybura, and then Tyson Pedro. You got to lay almost $7.50 here against Harry Hunts Hunsucker here. Is there any danger with these big faves here, or do you think they are, they are accordingly priced for a reason? Uh, Pedro is a substandard UFC fighter. Hunsaker, I question why he's even in there. I don't think he has a UFC win, but he's in there to make Pedro look good. So somewhere along the line, the politics in Australia, where Pedro is a teammate of Adesanya and company, somebody likes him, okay? So he's getting a really favorable matchup. So in this fight, we'll watch and see what happens, but Pedro's going to look great. Pedro's a fade, but he's not a fade in this fight. Turn the page, Romanov and Tybura, that's an interesting fight. 
Romanov uh, is giving away tremendous uh, size, at least length, and experience advantage to Tybura, who has some good quality heavyweight UFC wins. Mm -hmm. And so the key for Tybura, I think, is uh, he's been winning on the ground because he found out trying to kickbox, he got tagged and stunned. Uh, Romanov's probably better on the ground than Tybura. Maybe I'll look at what kind of totals are available in this fight, take it over. I think Tybura, a vote for Tybura or a bet on him is an over bet, I think, to see that he can at least make the young man work hard. I'm with you on that. That fight potentially could go uh, to the cards there. You can get a better value with that Tybura fight if you think it will go. Uh, the distance there. Move very quickly on the undercard. Is there any fight that's, that you've identified here on a Tuesday that you think you might see some value before we get to the weekend? Uh, Sunday night, I threw out an official uh, bout business release. It's one of the early fights on the card. Uh, we have a Chinese fighter, Aori Kilang, is coming in into town. He opens minus 195 against a kid named uh, Perrin, fights out a syndicate. I know Perrin because in his debut fight, he took a short notice fight against a lab kid here in Phoenix, Mario Bautista. And, it, and he showed himself in loss, a decision loss, by the way, very, very strong and well-rounded. I think he's poised in great position as an underdog. Sunday night, he was plus 150. He's lower than that now, and he'll be lower than that come fight time. I'd advise a, a, a good look at this young man, parent if you're willing to take an early risk. Well, that's probably because you put it on the Bout Business Podcast and people are following your lead. Very quickly, Lou, to that end, tell the people what they get when they listen in each and every week. The podcast is a simple 16, 18 minutes of final releases for each fight card. This week's is going to be fun because it was a seven and two week last week, and mm -hmm. we've been struggling a little bit before that. So tune in, get some great insight as well to these shows that you and the guys at VEASAN do. You do such a great job on them, and I'm always pleased to be on them, Dave. Yeah, well, we love having you on. We can't wait to have you back on for Friday for the full hour of First Strike on VEASAN. Lou, appreciate it as always. Everybody give him a follow on Twitter at GamLou and check out the Bout Business Podcast. That's going to do it until we see you on Friday and we get ready for the fights on Saturday. Thanks for listening to First Strike First Look here on VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. This episode brought to you by 20th Century Studios' Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Director Wes Ball breathes new life into the epic franchise. As a ruthless king attempts to build his empire at the expense of the remaining human race, a young ape begins a journey to fight for a future for apes and humans alike. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Enter the kingdom in IMAX this Friday and theaters everywhere. Get tickets now.